0: Ball out, recovered by Kiquley Right side is so hell busting through making the tackle Jack Thompson for a three-yard loss Jack busting through my goodness when you put when you and what we see this long turn at is coming to fruition because Cam is actually Pocket quarterback. Newton. Oh my goodness. Castles at the hammer. Busted the 35
1: 40. Putting down the right side.
0: Here he goes at the 50. 20. To the Miami 30. 20. At the 10. A swipe of the ankles. They can't get him. Touchdown. Christian McCaffrey. They can't
2: get him. They can't get him. Right. They can't get him. But you can catch us every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. Cody Lashney, what's up, my brother?
1: Man, listen, there are a lot of things that you can call me in my life, but one of those things Better be Nostradamus, baby, because I'm out here calling my shots, pointing to the rafters and hitting home runs on the C3 podcast. I got to tell you, I'm going to be a little bit boastful tonight, but I think it's deserved. We'll get into it. It's another Tuesday night. We're talking Panthers football with the best Panther fans in the nation in our chat room. We love you guys. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll.
2: Tonight's show is episode 19.15. Panthers are all or nothing, and we knew it. Cody Lashney knew it. That's right. The Panthers are scheduled to be, not scheduled, they will be and are, already is, have been, because it's been filmed. They will be the focus, the team of choice for Amazon Prime's All or Nothing series which where they embedded a camera group with the team the previous year so this will be an embedded group a documentary uh, watching the Panthers 2018 season and Cody, there's a lot to talk about I mean, I, I know we wish it was this upcoming season because like you said somebody blew it up on Twitter and said let me go ahead and spoil this for you uh, nothing here Uh, but at the same time that's the big news man this is exploded panthers are going to be the focus of this it's a it's it's big for the team before we get into the gloating cody uh just exciting by nature right to have this inside look at a team that we love
1: i mean uh, the panthers have probably never been in a production this big before I mean, this is going to be the first time that you'll see the inside, the, uh, all the in, ins and outs of the Panthers this season. Um, I, I know Tony and I have compiled a list. Uh, we've each put together some things that we really wanted to see uh, in depth about what happened this past season, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna go through all of those. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited about it, and honestly, I'm personally I'm happier, even though this seems kind of contradictory. Um I'm almost happier that we're going to Chronicle last season than we are this season. Because there are a few things that happened last season that I want to be able to know and see what happened behind the scenes. I want to see how certain issues and things were handled um, a- a- as opposed to how we were saying it was on the show. And how close we were to some of the thoughts and things that we were saying uh, at the time. So...
2: Will we have confirmation of what we talked about on the C3 Panthers podcast? Were our concerns legitimate? Where were the struggles? All of those different things. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you is that it's kind of, I, I think that it will help us bring some closure to the 2018 season, Cody, because if, if this was hard knocks, which I don't know if we're actually eligible to be part of. But, you know, you are getting pumped for the season coming up. There are so many questions there. Maybe that piques your excitement. But on the other hand, the Amazon Prime Series can help us deliver some closure here. And let's go ahead and close this. Is Cody, six months ago, you were on this podcast, Breaking News. Let's go ahead. Let's go back to a clip from, I think it was episode 18.35. That means we're like 25 episodes back over six months ago, Cody. Cody, pull it up and let's see what we were talking about on the C3 Panthers podcast.
1: Man, listen. So I want to start off by saying this. If I end up being wrong, then I will be patching up myself and a few Coming this off, but I have a buddy that works for a delivery company that basically ships out packages to Am- or from Amazon to people in Charlotte, and he had a delivery to Bank of America Stadium. Well, as he was going to the, to the front gate, they normally open it up for him. The security guard stops him and says, "Hey, man, I can't let you through. You're gonna have to check the package right here." my buddy Angel asked him why he said they're filming a documentary on the Panthers and to be honest with you my man I'm not even supposed to tell you that
2: So, Woo, inside tip inside tip <laughs> close your eyes folks deliver the package don't look around black bag over your head type secrecy stuff
1: so in my mind I'm thinking hold on what kind of documentary would they be filming that no one's allowed to know about? And that's when a light bulb went off above your boy's head. I seem to think, and I might be wrong, time will tell, but if I'm right, remember where you heard it here first, on the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles. Baby, you already know what it is. I have a hunch that the Panthers are going to be the subject of the next Amazon Prime All or Nothing series that chronicles the entire 2018 Carolina Panthers season. That's my hunch. You've heard it here first. I don't know what other documentary would have to be held so hush-hush this far out in advance. They always announce it after the season is already wrapped up and over. I've said my job. piece. You have a little bit of what's potential inside information. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We on the C3 podcast are like Babe Ruth. We're pointing our back to the upper deck, and we're telling you we're hitting the shit out of the park. We said it on the show six months ago. I told you that the Panthers were going to be on all or nothing, and come on. You can call me Nostradamus, but you can't call me a Nostra Dumbass, baby. I'm telling you, we are calling our shots. I called it, Tony Don. I
0: called it. This is good news, people.
2: It's good news, people. It's good <laughs> news, people. Cody Lashney with it. Look, this is where you got when you got friends in low places, Cody. Yeah, This is man, what we can do, and I like this. This is the crowning achievement, one of the crowning moments in this podcast for this very reason. We have meant to be an organization of fans, a network of fans, a nation of fans working together. We're like the Borg of Panther fans in some ways, is that we all, what I want is us all And I want all Panther fans to be like this is to use Twitter use the C3Panthers podcast and all of these media forms, Reddit, whatever you're doing and let's create the most hyper watchful (laughs) fan group in the history of the world. This is awesome. This is like I am I uh, know the man who picks up the trash on Cam Newton's trash route. And he has noticed uh, that he is not taking, he's not eating fish anymore. I love this, Cody. This is fantastic. Your ear is to the ground. You've picked up the the secret codes. You're code breaker, Cody Lashney. We called it the C3 Panthers podcast. All in, all or nothing.
1: All in, all or nothing, baby. And listen, you're right. That's what this show is for. We all give out our Twitter handle at the end of the show. If any of you have information that you want to get out about the Panthers that you feel might be legitimate, you can send it to us. And we might say it on the show, this is for the fans by the fans. We are not trying. And if
2: you listen to that show that later on, we even say, we're not trying to trouble source this, triple source this. We want everything. We want every. I want to see. I saw Cam Newton at Whole Foods yesterday. I want the fan that saw (laughs) Steve Smith take the call from David Tepper and Whole Foods or Harris Teeter. I want a fan snapping that and sending it to us. That'd be fantastic. All right. Look, is the Panthers going to be? Focal point of an Amazon Prime series. It's really good. The one on the Cardinals was fantastic. Um, Amazon does a great job with this. I love anything that you can binge watch. Uh, I I I know I will binge watch this. Yeah, me too. And as we binge watch this, Cody, what will be on your mind? You want to go ahead and jump into these lists of things that you want to see in this series? And what I mean by this is that if we could have unfettered access which we know that this will be cut a lot of this will be on the clipping floor of of the real room or whatever they call it but cody if you had your insight into any of these subjects what's your number one thing that you would like to see so
1: my number one's a little bit blatantly obvious, but I think it's probably on the forefront of everybody's mind. It's probably a lot of people's number one. Um, it's the shoulder surgery. Uh, I, I want to see, um, you know, we all seem to think it was when T.J. Watt uh, in that Pittsburgh game blew up Cam Newton's shoulder. That's all when we kind of think the injury happened. Um, but uh, you know, how did Cam Newton take it? How did the locker room take it? How aware was other players in the locker room? Uh, how aware were they that Cam Newton was as seriously hurt as it was? Um, I think that's an important story. Um, everything surrounding Eric Reed last season, bringing him in early in the season um, to all the numerous amount of drug tests that they administered to him over the course of the season. Um, he, he had a, a, a scuffle, which I believe we have a video of that we can pull up in a minute.
2: Um, all right. So your number one is Cam Newton, his shoulder. Yeah. Number two is the addition of Eric Reed. We want to ask the chat room too, to get into this. What is the storyline you want to most know about when it comes to the 2018 Carolina Panthers? Cody, I'll start my list. Number one for me. Yeah. What well, number two for me was Eric Reed. So we're right there. Okay. Is that, that was number two. Number one is kind of boring to me. Kind of like yours is that, of course, we want to know about Cam. For me, it's, uh, I'm going to combine one and five so I can get one more. The toll of eight straight losses. I want to know what the yeah. toll of eight straight losses was, particularly. And this is the second part of it on Ron Rivera. Was he feeling the hot seat? Yeah. How did that pressure come through eight straight losses to me? And that's the number one thing. I think there's an emotional component there that, you know, that the frustration will be palpable and uh, you know, that they will highlight that. So number one, for me, the Tola eight and the, and the hot seat for Ron Rivera, number two, Eric Wash, Eric Reed. And the reason I, I want to go ahead and pull, let's go ahead and pull out the video, Cody, is that uh, Eric Reed? Uh, Panthers suffer some injury when it comes to Denor Cersei, who they just released last week. Repetitive concussion, really struggling there. And they go out there and get Eric Reed. And then immediately, as Eric Reed's added to the team, we know that Eric Reed will continue to be Eric Reed. Check out this from Philadelphia. Go ahead and play it. There's no audio. So Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins is squaring off, and this is Tory Smith trying to stop him and hold him back at that point. But Eric Reed coming to the team in the midst of in the background or on the aftermath of the Kaepernick saga to join the Carolina Panthers and a team too that also struggled a bit throughout the sea or a lot of bit throughout the season. Cody, where does Eric Reed sit for you when it comes to this storyline, I guess, number two, right?
1: Yeah, it is my number two, um, and because really, it it really does speak to the culture of our team. You have someone that was very outspoken on a very hot button issue that a lot of people either loved or hated to talk about, most probably hate, um, and, and how that kind of persona. Fit into our locker room of established veterans with guys like Greg Olson and, and and Thomas Davis and Cam Newton and Luke Keithley and all these people, and and how he was able to fit and, and gel with the chemistry of our team, and, and basically uh, how he was able to, to fit into that. Um, but then something that you said is my number three, and you you mentioned that it those eight uh, losses back to back, uh, all in a row, and mine's on Ron Rivera and the locker room. Because apparently Ron Rivera never lost the locker room. He never lost the morale of the football team, if you believe what, what we're being told. Um, I want to see what kind of leader Ron Rivera is in a situation and uh at, you know, where the, the team is losing that bad. And the reason why all or nothing is such a great documentary series is they go into the meetings with the coaches. So they'll tell they'll show you what the coaches are saying to one another I mean it really is unprecedented all, all right access. I'm gonna one
2: up you my number three all right is one up in you and building on yours you talk right. about wanting to see the locker room How yours
1: much. yours might be yours might be my number four
2: Eric Washington the demotion okay, no. the problems that surrounded this defense what you're talking about is that access to the coaching meetings there we know that ron rivera's knees shook or actually around week 10 maybe no later week 11 he pulls the he pulls the clipboard from eric washington yeah we have debated whether this was eric washington being the problem whether the defense getting old was being the problem whether it's a combination of things which we do think that was the fair evaluation. The lack of ability from the edge to create a pass rush put in a lot of stress on the on the coordinator to do some different things. But at the end of the day, uh, Eric Washington demoted in anything but name. Everything but name, should I say. Ron Rivera takes over the play call in the reins. The attitude of the defense immediately changes. But then add to that that Eric Washington's still a part of this team going forward here. Ron Rivera, the, I guess, quote-unquote defensive coordinator, to me, that is a top storyline to watch. And now I, I
1: see your move. Now let me check you. Let me run up you because my number four is how the handling of the fired coaches went. We had three coaches Ooh. that were fired this past season. Uh, one of them was Brady Hoke, who was the former head coach nice. of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Jeff Imamura and one other gentleman—I forget his name. Um, what, I mean, will they get any time in the documentary? But you know, how much is it going to tap on uh, the inadequacies or the perceived inadequacies of these coaches and why they needed to be fired? at that time and, and what what ultimately led to that. And, you know, I, I, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but at the time, those firings just felt like, well, Ron DeVera has to do something because not, nothing that we're doing right now is having any kind of success. So you better make some kind of changes. I mean, we had, we had no pass rush. Teams were throwing the ball all over us on third down. And it just seemed like they were almost the fall guys in in that whole situation.
2: Well, all of our picks, the last three, if you combine your pick, my pick, then your pick again, all have to do with the same thread. Actually, going back to my yeah, all of this is surrounding that culture in the locker room, the the meetings, yeah. the staff, the problem with the toll of eight straight. And all of that to finish the season under five hundred or at five, whatever it was, the after the six and two. Oh it's gonna be brutal. You know that they were going to be pushing that. I think all three of those continued they follow the same storyline, the same narrative. They tease at the same things.
1: Yeah, they really do. Um and uh my, my fifth and final one kind of plays into that as well. Um and and that's that's CJ Anderson. Uh, And C.J. Anderson, at the start of the season, we were all saying that he was going to be an important part of our offense. This is such Er a good one.
2: This is one that's going to be forgotten. This is so good.
1: C.J. Anderson, the fact that we just let him go after the trade deadline, didn't try and get any kind of value for him on the free market. We just said to C.J. Anderson, hey, we're going to continue to run Christian McCaffrey into the ground. Um, Thank you for your services. Now go play in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl with the Rams. So um, I, I'm very interested to see how disgruntled CJ was. Um, you know, it, it, if it came across on camera how upset he was at the uh, lack of snaps that he was receiving. Um, and I think that's another thing that goes into the culture. Um, how did other players around him um, react to that, or you know, what what happened in the locker room as this was all coming to a head? Pretty much,
2: a um, lot of good conversation on YouTube. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button if you're watching there to help the show grow. Some ones on YouTube, Aldi says, This is why it took so long for DJ Moore to get in the game. You know, that was on my list too, yeah. is how the rookies and then add to that, um, not only why did it take so long for those guys to get on the field but him and then uh, Curtis Samuel and that un- that remarkable success where every sunday we had to watch this after they finally did start him it was like one catch 57 yards and a touch like their stats were rem- remarkable for so little play and i think Curtis Samuel had a touchdown like on every five plays or something like that something crazy but asking that question, why did it take so long for those rookies to get in there? How they responded, and I'm curious to see what that you know, North Turner and them—they just be giggling and getting along.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know that that's another thing right there. Um, North Turner, um, his first season as the uh, offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers, and when we were six and two, th- things seemed to be rolling, man. I remember after that win against the Baltimore Ravens, man, we were riding high at that point in time. It looked like our offense was dynamic. We were going to be able to run the football with Christian McCaffrey, and we were going to be able to distribute the football to these incredible exterior players that you can use in all different kinds of formations in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And then you know, uh, I mean, how how did that affect things early on when the offense was gelling? And it brings me back to number one, man. Uh, that that shoulder uh, really did seem to topple a lot of things in the season. Now, granted, uh, Cam Newton doesn't play on defense, so it isn't everything. But that shoulder was a large part of why our offense wasn't able to um, get over the top last year. So I, I feel, I mean, that's why it's my number one, um, seeing how Cam Newton handled it. Um, his, you know, how the team rallied around him and uh, how the coaches monitored that situation going forward. And I'm curious if there was ever a debate on whether or not to pull Cam Newton earlier than that, uh, New Orleans game. We will Charlotte. never,
2: that's something that will never reach the audience. You think so? That's what I actually I once we get through the list that is probably to me the most fascinating thing here is what they do reveal. Um all right, next for me on the list was Dante Jackson, his early success and then the setback he had with injury. I think that'll be a big time storyline. And I think Dante Jackson will be yeah. um a big part of that series because he's so vocal.
1: Oh, another one that just popped into my head. Uh how about Julius Peppers final season as a uh, as a Carolina Panther? Thomas Davis as well. But um Julius Peppers this was also around the time that he was doing the uh, hurricane relief efforts uh around where he's from and he yeah, was going they'll to They'll have the, to show the, that. And, they'll, yeah, they'll be yeah, out they're there. they are definitely going to show that. Yeah. How did sure. not
2: more people notice that this is happening? How did the C three Panthers podcast? How were we the only entity in the world that broke this? Because nobody
1: can do what we can do, man. Oh. It's that simple. All right, uh,
2: <laughs> last one for me was uh, Burns. Uh not Burns. Uh, Funches is back in the bench. Devin Funches. Yeah, you're gonna watch Devin Funches in this season. We know that he's no longer part of the team. But boy, he had that stretch where he dropped a bunch of he had, he dropped a lot of passes in a row. Then all of a sudden he's benched. They say it's his back. I'll be interested to see. You know that they're gonna tease that pressure, not performing. That's gonna yeah. be a, that's gonna be part of this show.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean and that uh game where he went back home against Detroit. I mean, he dropped absolutely everything that, that was thrown at him. And, uh, you know, that's the game that caused the coaches to essentially lose faith in Devin Funches. And it's evident in the amount of snaps that he received later on that season. I mean, we rarely ever had him out on the field. So if it was a mixture of injury, if it was just absolutely no faith in Devin Funches, um, I don't know what it was, but. Uh, yeah, Devin said at the end of the season, fell off the face of the earth. And I'm definitely interested to see how that happened.
2: You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We encourage you to subscribe, smash the thumbs up button, share the show with a friend, uh, contact us on the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Go ahead and save that in your phone, folks. You can call any day of the week at any time and leave a message for the podcast. We'll get you on. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. We've been here talking tonight. The Panthers are all or nothing, and we knew it. We've been talking about how it has been announced that the Carolina Panthers will be the focal point of the documentary All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. Cody Lashney called it, so we've been excited about that. Lot of stories. Even all Lee's saying here, Cody, is we gotta see, did Kyle Love really take a nap on the sidelines? That is the storyline uh, that needs to be yeah. found with this documentary. All right. Two news with the Carolina Panthers. Uh we did have rookie mini camps this week. They did things a little different. We talked about that on the show maybe last week. A little sh- smaller bit of a group, but um not a lot of news coming out of the Panthers mini camp. No news of in- injury. So that's good for me. Um for me I just this is what I saw is that Greg Little is is going to be the face of this franchise 10 years going forward to the degree of if he's good, he can every bit be the Jordan Gross, the guy that steps up to the camera that does those perfunctory interviews in the offseason, even when times are tough. Greg Little getting a lot of hype. And, in my opinion, they're already saying, you are our left tackle. That's more than we've heard. That's a big vote of confidence in this young rookie, a lot of pressure, too.
1: Yeah, there really is a lot of pressure. Um, And, you know, especially when uh, in his very first conference call, he says, I'm going to protect Cam Newton. And let me tell you, that's the right thing to say. Um, if, if you want to get on, on the good side, uh, of the hearts and minds of the, the players and the coaches and especially as fans. Um, but, uh, like I said, I, I, love the chip on his shoulder because, uh, you know, he knows the knock on him is that he wasn't very aggressive and that he could have done things, uh, better as far as, you know, being angry about finishing your block. And just making damn sure no one gets to your quarterback. And I mean, I want a left tackle with a chip on his shoulder. Um, like I said, when we were scouting all these players, Greg Little, uh, I wasn't very high on him. But it was because of a lot of the things I just said, he wasn't very aggressive on film. But um, he was a better pass protecting a left tackle than he was a run defending uh, left tackle. And that's what you want you want a left tackle that will keep your quarterback's blind side 100% clean. And he had the longest arms of any tackle in the draft. He moves well for a guy that's 320 pounds. Um, his hips are fluid. I mean, he has all the things that you want uh, to be a franchise left tackle, and he's saying the right things as well. So um, it's hard to, to not like everything that we've seen so far.
2: Yeah, is that what I like about Greg Little, to me, I have no idea what he's going to be on the field, but they've put a lot of camera time in front of him, a lot of microphone in his face. And I would say he seems a little young. You know what I'm saying? He seems like a big, giant child in some ways. And not a child. I'm not. That's not insulting. Yeah. What I mean is this, is that he is enormous, but also a 21-year-old kid. And you know we were all kids when we were twenty one I was I think too, when some of the things that we might interpret as nerves where he's kind of slowly working through the questions at times where some people say, "Oh, he's nervous with all the tension." I think it's actually a sign that he's thinking through these questions in an honest, authentic, and advanced way his his answers each question to each each answer to each question has not been um it has been thoughtful that's what it has been it has been thoughtful and even if he's off guard at times so i am very impressed by that i could see him being what a matt khalil what a greg Olson, what a thomas davis was for this team and is for this team in eight or ten years i love that idea um for me though the thing that sticks out to me with Greg Little and the nice Charlotte media, Cody, Jordan Rodrigue, she's going to ask him about, does he have a mean streak? And she's going to try to ask it and be nice. And it's all weird. It's like, so what? do you have a mean how mean are you, are you mean? <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like i want to ask you this that's i've got to ask you this this is what the are you
1: angry on the inside
2: <laughs> and it is just <laughs> oh uh, we're gonna have to hear about greg little can he be a mean man for i don't know ever i think
1: Well hey until he proves otherwise I mean the the fact that we're going to be Talking about it a lot and the fact That it's already been something that's mentioned A lot and people in the know know about uh, I mean like I said It's a chip on his shoulder You know Greg Little has to be all right, y'all You want to see a mean mofo Well I can be that mean mofo He can't not
2: in the interviews He can't you know what he's going to have to do He's going to have to just tackle Jordan Rod Reed Right there He's going to have to slap the, yeah. the recorder out of all their hands. Be like, I'm maybe, mean as hell. Yeah. i mean. I've been trying. I look nice. I talk nice. I'm sorry I'm nice.
1: Or maybe a kid asks him for an autograph, and it's like a towel or something, and he just blows his nose with it and throws <laughs> it back at him. He's got to do
2: something. He's got some to do something to make shit. every mom mad. Like, He, I don't know what he can do, but he cannot. He needs to ask Cam. Say, Cam, yeah, what would you do if you want to piss everybody off in the world? Because that's what I need to do. I mean,
1: yeah, Cam's pretty. uh... But see, that's the thing, though. Cam's so nice; it's the opposite. Like all Cam Newton does is smile. I mean, he's smiling all the time, you know? Um, He'll be like, just be uh,
2: happy and dance in front of him. Well, that's what he's going to say. He's going to say mash some guy and then like dab and Superman over him. (laughs) No, how about
1: this? He needs to learn from Steve Smith, that grumpy old bastard. Yeah. And and his bad attitude. That's what Greg Little needs to learn from. I need to get mean.
2: I'm going to mean camp. Steve Smith shows yeah. up at your door. <laughs> Welcome to Mean Camp hosted by Steve Smith. Like um what was that uh the Major Pain? You remember Major Pain?
1: Oh yeah, I remember Major Pain. Yeah,
2: where he's like uh talking shit to all those little kids the whole movie. So good. That's what we need. Calling we need terms. Major Pain. And Greg Little to become Major Pain. All right. Um so yeah, many- we do. All right. The other thing for me for minicamp is this is I saw that uh, Christian Miller really talking up about becoming friends and uh, working hard, make a connection with uh, Brian Burns, both of them, rookies, defensive end, linebacker, similar prospect in many ways, just one is a 16 pick and one's a fourth. But to me, that's the only other thing that stuck out to me about this minicamp that I heard about.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, so I've heard a few things, and and it was mentioned in chat. Um, Apparently, uh, Terry Godwin, our our last draft pick, uh, was catching everything, even out in the rain. Um, So that was uh, a a good thing. Um, And then there was also uh, Brian Burns, our first-round draft pick. And by the way, shout-out to Rich Kingston, a longtime fan and listener. He actually um, uh, taught me the difference between like what it looks like when someone has new muscle and new weight that they've put on and, and um, you know, muscle that's just a part of their body, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Um, you know, th- there's this thing called muscle maturity, and he doesn't have a lot of that yet. But you can tell that he has put on bulk. It's just not a lot of very defined muscle. So that means that it's brand new muscle. It, it, it's uh, weight that hasn't been on his body all that long. But what that does tell me though is that Burns is making a, an effort to really bulk up and put on more mass. And apparently, he was as fast as ever, even on the field. Um, so that I mean that that's what you want to hear, man. If you have an undersized defensive end that you drafted in the first round. You do want to hear that it's not a problem for him to be able to put on more masks and be able to play at the same style and pace. So uh, I think that was a, a good takeaway as well.
2: All Lee is just bringing the fire tonight. But with the comment of the night, <laughs> oh, All Day yeah. Three says Eric Reed and Greg Little will share a locker this year. That's the way to toughen <laughs> them up.
1: Both of them, they're both gonna fight each other over really? that. <laughs>
2: all right, <laughs> that's the comment of the night to me. All right, so let's go. This, um, all right, so we got that, uh, burns, maturing muscles. Um, nothing else really coming out of this to me. Anything else to ask before we turn to the roster, Cody?
1: Uh, yeah, two things. I grabbed these videos just because it's Panther related and I felt that, um, it, it was, uh, Um, worth noting. By the way, shout out to Susan Dean who did uh give us another super chat. We love you, Susan. You don't have to do what you do, but you always do it, and we love you and we thank you for it. And by the way, happy belated mothers' day to all the mothers out there in Panther Nation. Absolutely. Mom, if you're listening, you know I love you. Um, but yeah, uh so the hurricanes are um playing in the playoffs right now. And Ron Rivera already sounded the alarm, but tonight they had another special Panther sounding the alarm for the playoffs.
2: Get it, Luke. (laughs)
0: Gonna need some new
1: oil. Man, did you see Luke? He was going after that thing man. Yeah, he was He was he was uh Dude, yeah, he was damn feeling uh, that no, not
2: right now. Good god. Uh
1: what's happening right now? They They were down 2-1. Uh,
2: oh, they just got on the board. They're down 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. All right, Canes, we need you to come well, back. MP PN- PNC. All right, so we got uh, the guys being a part of and and coach was there the the last week or whatever. Yeah,
1: Ron Rivera did it uh, two or three weeks ago now, and um something that we definitely uh, for all the three damn I feel so sorry for that crank. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> me me too, man. I I wouldn't want to be on his uh looks bad side, but then everyone's favorite quarterback had a birthday, y'all. And the roaring riot went out of their way to surprise our man. Let's take a look.
2: Um, you know it's exhilarating just to keep coming out year after year and, and, and seeing, you know, a little niche towards, you know, uh, you know, a better outlook. Uh, it Feels like whether different guests to know, bigger venues this year and, and just, uh, you know, overall. Uh, appreciation for everybody that shows up whether celebrities that came out after of busy schedule or even just the fans coming out hey guys I don't, I don't mean to interrupt
0: but these guys behind you got something to tell you
1: If that doesn't make make your heart smile, I don't know Ah. what will, ladies and gentlemen. If that does not do it for you, you're dead on the inside. Listen, man, our franchise quarterback, Cam Newton, just turned 30 years old. And I also wanted to bring this up, that there are so many quarterbacks that didn't experience the best playing time of their careers until after they turned 30 years old. And, I mean, that was true with Drew Brees. That's been true with, um, I believe, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how old Aaron Rodgers is, but he was in that late 20s to early nah, 30s. Nah, he was early. Um, well, so listen, like, Cam Newton uh, is, uh, is you know, I know we're all concerned about the shoulder. But listen, man, if he comes back, he has more wisdom uh, under his belt. He knows what he's doing. He has more trust in this offense than ever before with Christian McCaffrey and now Greg Olson coming back, I honestly believe that at 30 years old you have not seen the best of Cameron Jarrell Newton and I believe that like I sit here in front of you right now
2: Nice to see that, look, the Riot, Riot uh, they know how to tug on the Cam Newton heartstrings right there, look that's a, Cam's our, our biggest star ever we love him, Central. man. He's our biggest we star that ever Cam had. Uh, Yeah, and 30 years old, 30 years young. I like to see seven more years out of Cam Newton, 10 more years out of Cam Newton. I think it can happen. Cam Newton could be, he can get better. <laughs> That's the thing, is that the media wants yep. everybody to be the best that they can be right now, yesterday. And if they didn't, they're a failure. But Cam Newton has been fantastic for the Carolina Panthers. He's kept us relevant no matter what. He's been the biggest change to an organization. He, he's something we needed so desperately. And then he's lived up to that billing. And I love to hear, I love to think that Cam Newton can only get better. So if this shoulder heals up, I'm excited about that. All right, Cody, let's do this. Um, Let's turn to this is tonight's show really the only subject matter is that we we are we're post draft, and I was sitting here thinking about what can we talk about on the show other than just these you know kind of fan moments these fanboy moments look at it like uh Jones sitting there, I catching cam Newton's sweat. That's what I would have been doing. I saw you doing it, Joan, catching and sweat <laughs> and keeping it like that old movie where. That guy drank those tears in jail. I forget what it was. I should know it more. It was like it Elvis songs in it or something like that. It had uh, Johnny Depp in it. That's who it had it. The chat room will tell us all about it. But <laughs> what I want to talk about here is this. is We are out of the draft right now. We have done free agency. We're sitting here in the early stages. Panthers rookie minicamp. He signed to nobodies. The roster is kind of where it's at for the moment Going into training camp, there could be additions, but let's go ahead and look at the roster, Cody. I want us to do an early, early assessment of what the Panthers are working with, strengths, weaknesses, and some things that have gone uh, or what directions were trending. When it comes to the offseason, the Carolina Panthers, I think, allocated a lot to Eric Reed being an important addition here. Uh, they also bolstered the offensive line. With the adding of Paradise, the interesting signing of Daryl Williams, and then they really invested and invested on the defensive line when it comes to the draft of the trenches. So right now, where are Marty? Where is Marty Herney sitting with with this roster right now, Cody?
1: Um, I, I believe as of right now. And then apparently before the show, sometime uh, at some point. We signed another tight end. Um, I don't know if he played the, in the AAF or, or something like that, but um, or he was one of the practice players. Um, so, I mean, I have to think that they're probably pretty confident um, going into the season with the current depth that we have. Now, after um, training camp, that roster will be slimmed down even more. But, um, you know, I, I also... And I've said this before, I maintained that I would have tried to grab another safety to put um, at a position next to Eric Reed. Um, I, I felt that that would have been beneficial to us. Um, I would have done that over a quarterback, but hey, we've already talked about that ad nauseum. Right now, the, the safety class, careers.
2: right now, just to give people listening. Um, a, a kind of gist of what the safety class right now listed on the Carolina Panthers website. Uh, Eric Reed, obviously, starting. We would call him the starting strong safety. Damian mm-hmm. Parms, Damian Parms, Kai Nukwai, BYU. I'm guessing no, he's never played. Cole Luke.
1: Well, Colin, his pitcher
2: is wearing a Browns jersey. So mm. I guess he played for the Browns yep, at some point. Good point. Cole Luke, Colin Jones, Rashawn Golden and Corey Colin Jones. Ballard. Guys, first of all, I, the, when you look at the depth chart in this way, I can see why people are going crazy about this draft and a safety in the draft and needing one, is that even if you're a Rayshon Golden fan like I am who thinks that uh, he could be a free... You know, you don't know what you have yet. Don't give up on him. There is no depth here, guys. Colin Jones is going to play this year Damian Parnes never plays everybody's always excited about him this group is not only Eric Reed is the only piece in this group that we know anything about and behind that is very thin Cody
1: yeah it is very thin I mean other than Eric Reed, you have a bunch of who what when where and hows um uh, behind them I mean, do we have any faith in Colin Jones uh, to do anything worth? Well, damn? well he'll he'll uh, will
2: play. He will play. Guaranteed. There's gonna be he's probably gonna along. be starting by the by the beginning of the season. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Colin Jones is gonna play significant time.
1: I mean, there are guys that we just don't have a lot of information about. We don't know about Rashawn Golden. Um, I felt that from his tape and from his numbers at the combine year before last. Um. Or, or, this past, not this past draft, but the one before, uh, that he wasn't fast enough to play the free safety position. So if they want to put him in the box, maybe put Eric Reed at the free safety position, which is kind of where we don't feel he's best suited. We feel that, uh, Eric Reed is best suited to be, uh, another linebacker of sorts, kind of, um, you know, in the box. Um, and other than that, it's just a bunch of players that we have no idea uh, who they're going to be. Cole Luke is 32 years old. Kai Luca is 36. Damian Parms, thats not right. That says he's 45 no, years those old.
2: those are those are his. Uh, those are the jersey numbers. Oh, I'm all uh, the way, yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. look, look, all the yep, way. No, student. you're right, because Eric
1: Green is not 25. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm icing myself up. Um, But, uh, all right, yeah, all right. I, I was about to say 45. Ah. Who the hell is 45 playing football?
2: Damian Hi. Parms can't get on the field, and he's been in the NFL for 20 years.
1: <laughs> he's been in there that long. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. All right, um, so
2: what we I, got here I'm is,
1: to about this, man,
2: yeah, is the, you there's some concern there, and then behind it, behind Golden, if you're concerned about Golden and being unproven, you have not seen any of those other guys play. I think when you come to this, oh. is that continuing on the secondary? Well, since we're in the secondary, let's keep with it. A lot of confidence going forward in James Bradbury and Dante Jackson seem to be leading this group. A a storyline that people will hope for that will not matter, probably Ross Cockrell. I'm thinking that his injuries, again, may be too much for him to be, to even, to come back at this point still. But they are following that story. But here, look at this, is... We got Kevon Seymour, Corn Elder, Ross Cockrell, Lorenzo Doss. Nobody really proven behind them at that point when it comes to... I think we're investing a ton, saying James Bradbury, obviously been healthy his entire career to this point. Well, not his entire career. He had some problems his rookie year. But a lot of faith being put in James Bradbury, Dante Jackson, I think rightfully so. I'm okay with this group at this point, but... Bar any injuries here is going to be tough.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is another position that a lot of people thought that we might address more in depth um, in, in the draft as well. Um, I'm personally glad that we didn't because I like all the picks that we were able to grab. Um, but, you know, corner is another position that, you know, we have Dante Jackson and then uh, really. Uh, and we have uh, Bradbury, James Bradbury. But then if you if you think about it even more, um, you know, we still kind of don't know, uh, you know, who James Bradbury is. Is he going to be someone that we're going to resign uh, down the road? I know a lot of people, uh, you know, either love Bradbury or they hate Bradbury. I mean, uh, we, trust me, we remember all the catcalls of people calling in and complaining about James Bradbury. So um, we're going to have to have another season with him on the outside and Dante Jackson um, on the other side. And then that, that nickel slot corner position, um, you have a few players that might be able to fill that role. You have a Kayvon Seymour corn elder who was drafted to to be that player in the first place. Um, and then, uh, at a certain point in time, they were saying that Rashawn Golden would also be a nickel cornerback type of player. So yeah, our backfield, um, as it has been, uh, traditionally, and I feel it is this way now, um, it's the biggest hole and question mark on our team right now. We have some good players in Dante Jackson and, and, uh, and Eric Reed, but Outside of that, there isn't a lot of proven talent um, that you feel confident about.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at stuff like this, and if we went through the league, we're probably going to see that, and we'll probably see this in some other position groups that we get to, is that you're really counting on what you're counting on. You know, you're know, you counting on James Bradbury yeah. and Dante Jackson working, is that if James Bradbury goes down and all of a sudden you're talking about uh, Dante Jackson being the leader in that group, maybe Ross Cockrell coming off an injury contributing. What do you do at that point? Is that right now you can't afford to lose anybody and we have 90 people on the roster. That's a little scary there to me. The secondary is not only partially unproven in some places, is that the guys behind them are certainly unproven. So I have optimism in some of those guys. But, boy, behind it working perfectly, there could be some problems there. Sticking with the defense, let's go to something that uh, was a weakness last year. We could not get any pressure off the ends. Right now, we're doing a defensive change. It seems like the Panthers aggressively going from a 4-3 to a 3-4, even though they keep not saying that. Addison, uh, 31 years old. Brian Cox, Jr., Marquise Haynes FA Obata uh they are the listed defensive ends on the team but with this new scheme I think you could throw in obviously Brian Burns you could throw in Christian Miller and you also could throw in help me out from the Seahawks um ervin um, Mike yeah Bruce not Irvin. Michael Irvin Bruce Irvin
1: Bruce Urban.
2: So when you think about those yeah. the ends and 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 you add in those linebacker ends, is that group actually has a little bit more depth than I um would expect off of a off of a group that was so bad last year or so thin last year.
1: Yeah. Um and so before we go any further, Kendy is uh Ken Dye in the chat is asking us. Uh, Do we know anything about the regional free agents that, that we got? The only one that I know off the top of my head is this Ethan Wolf guy that I'm looking out or looking at. He is a tight end who played at Tennessee. Um, he's about the only one that I know of. Um, I really don't know of any of the other ones and, and what they bring to the team or not. Um, Tony, as to what you were saying, uh, yeah, the fact that we now essentially have three positions that are also going to be designated as a linebacker as well, um, that's a big change for us going into the season. I mean, we're all expecting Brian Burns, Bruce Irvin, and Christian Miller to be pass rushers, but part of being a linebacker, I mean, even if you're Vaughn Miller, sometimes you do drop back in the coverage and that's something that they're at some point going to have to do. Um, it won't be anything crazy. It'll be that midfield, um, Thomas Davis kind of role. Um, but in situations like that, um, you do want versatile players, which is why you do have guys that are 250 pounds instead of, you know, 275 pounds, uh, like a traditional defensive end. So. Um, On on that front, um, you know, it's a different look for us. And then you have to factor in Jermaine Carter uh, is uh, another player that we're hoping to see a lot more of this year. Um, Andre Smith out of North Carolina. You have to feel that the coaches are probably pretty confident with what they've seen in them. Uh, Zero
2: experience behind Luke and Shaq there.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100% and they they're probably hoping um to see a lot from both of them uh this season. Um uh at, you know in the in the preseason um to to know what kind of depth they have because if Luke or Shaq goes down, um there's no bad more David news. Mayo bad news. Yeah. Yeah, no more David Mayo, there's no more Thomas Davis. Um there's no more um The guy that went to New Orleans, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, Um,
2: Oh, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, but he he had the long hair at one point.
2: Um, I don't know. Anyway, the chat. What you're bringing up to me that was weird here is that when we look at last year's team and we look at the deficiencies of it and you look at the linebacker position, you think this is that, oh, and we didn't even mention this when we were talking about the storylines, Cody. What's the super storyline with a linebacker who's not part of the team anymore that we need to know about with All or Nothing? I don't think we even mentioned it. Your guy, Thomas Davis, coming back from suspension, that's got to be part of the All or Nothing series.
1: Yeah, it has to be. And, you know, I want to know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And also seeing how that affected, um, you know, the linebacker core. With Shaq Thompson, I remember last year Shaq Thompson was saying it was going to be the year of 54, and he was seeing 54 everywhere, and it just didn't turn out that and way. Then, and then, when you look at A.J. AJ, that, AJ Klein, by the way. thanks you the thank Scott you. Thomas. Well done, AJ, AJ, A.J. Klein. Klein.
2: Oh, but when you think about it, is that we're talking about a – you're thinking a wealth of riches at linebacker when you have Thomas Davis, you had uh, Shaq Thompson – you had uh, Luke Keekly, and then these, you know, is that too many? Now, all of a sudden, we're going from too much experience and too many options with no options on defensive end, and it, to me, the it's flipping a little bit. The linebacker, the traditional linebacker has gotten thin, and strangely, where we thought was a strength is that I would argue, too, the questions on defensive tackle here. If anything goes wrong with that three-man rotation, Poe, Love, and KK, you're putting a, you're banking a lot on Vernon Butler and going into a three four defense. Is that I starting to think that some of our problems we need to be able to stay healthy up the middle? That's what I'm saying.
1: And did we ever talk about this? The fact that we didn't pick up uh, Vernon Butler's fifth year option. I want to say that that was some older news. Or did that happen? I don't know
2: if it happened in between weeks, that. but we did not get Vernon Butler's fifth-year option, which doesn't mean a ton. It just means this, is that um, we're, we definitely don't see him as a premier pick already.
1: No, and we've known that for a long time about him. And, you know, I, like I said, it, it was an infuriating pick at the time because it drafted Vernon Butler to be an insurance policy in the case that we didn't re-sign Calewan Short. Um, or even Star Latulale, Um, which, you know, I felt that he should have been able to fill in for Star Latulale after he left, but instead we went out and got Dontari Poe. Um, so, I mean, listen, I'm of the mindset that it's time to put up a shut-up, man. I mean, if you're Vernon Butler, you have to know that if you're going to get paid anywhere in the NFL, like, guys, how about this? Kelvin Benjamin might never play another snap of football, ever again in his entire life. I mean, he had the opportunity to prove himself while he was in Carolina. Then it's time for him to get a second contract after being traded around, and now no one wants him. So is Vernon Butler going to be uh, sent to that kind of uh, purgatory, that kind of hell? Well, hey, man, it's up to him. You either show what kind of player you are this year, or good riddance, man, peace out. I mean, if you're not contributing, then what are you here for?
2: So, um, Let's go go ahead and switch to the offensive side of the ball when we look at this offensive team. It's it's like a weird reversal of what we've had in the past. Right now, it seems like all of a sudden we go from our weakness being the offensive line to potentially, hopefully, what we're thinking is a wealth of riches here. Moten, Williams, who you're going to start at right guard. Topper, top end draft pick with Greg Little, left tackle. Then you've got uh, you've got a lot of guys behind them. Whether it becomes to Van Larsen, who is a utility guy, and uh, also who else we got? Uh, let's see, center. Oh, we got Paradis of the middle, who is a Pro Bowler. It seems all of a sudden we go from the offensive line to being the one that's thin that we have problems with. To now that that could be something that's maybe a source of strength, and at the same time, our tight end p- picture—we're giving a ton. We're counting so much on Greg Olson's health coming back. Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, and Man Hurts—that offensive line becomes the strength. Where are your concerns moving outwards out of them?
1: Um. So uh, you know uh, you might be able to say um. Um so okay, right now there are no proven names really in our receiving core. Um if we're gonna talk about offense. I mean, yeah, if you talk about um And you know, nobody Grillo,
2: over six one either.
1: Yeah, nobody over six one. I mean we have a bunch of smaller, faster
2: receivers.
1: Um we, went, I mean, the, we,
2: had, we went, the pendulum has swung.
1: Yeah, i I mean really we had Devin Funches and Calvin Benjamin on the team who were these monster, slow guys um, that are supposed to be possession receivers, and they didn't even turn out to be that. Um, and, and then um, you really have a lot of inexperienced players at the receiving core. Um, you know, DJ Moore, our first-round pick, and Curtis Samuel, who is probably my favorite, uh, personally, my favorite receiver prospect on the team right now. Um, just a ton of potential, a ton of upside um, you just really hope that they take the next step. Um, I, ho- I hope that Curtis is dependable in his health and that he's able to play a full season and not have any heart issues or a broken... It's another storyline. Did you
2: bring oh, that up earlier when we were talking about the storylines that he had damn heart surgery?
1: Oh, yeah. I brought it up to you before the show, but we didn't mention it. Yeah, the fact that um, Curtis Samuel just out of nowhere uh, a couple of days or something... Before the Dallas game to start the season, he had a, a heart murmur of some sorts and, uh, and he wasn't able to play right away. So that's another, um, uh, an interesting thing to watch out for. Um, but uh, other than that, my, yeah, but it, it, it threads the same line. Um, there's not a lot of, um, high end experience on the team right now but i think i mean the
2: a... explosiveness and awesomeness is that in a perfect world i think that there is concern with curtis samuel can he stay healthy can will he fall the wayside of a demure bird in a sense maybe not as bad but at the same time i i i think that so many people if you listen to the weirdos when it comes to like evaluating people and they're like, DJ Moore can't be a number one DJ. I'm, I'm so excited by DJ Moore. Ken Dye says he loves DJ Moore. He's a, he could be a powerhouse prospect. He looks like Steve Smith, but bigger to a degree. I am excited about this. I'm not writing him off as the next superstar in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, everyone has to prove it. And um, Underground West in the chat says, Curtis Samuel could be danger, dangerous when healthy elite even. And, hey, I've always made the comparison that, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel has the potential to take the top off in a similar manner to what Tyreek Hill, uh, had, how Tyreek did for Kansas City before he started, uh, you know, breaking children's arms and shit. Um, so, but, you know, that's here and there. Uh, but I, I do agree, man, Curtis Samuel, um, uh, when he was healthy I mean, his ability to make separation and, and run routes was already so advanced. He has a, a good understanding for how to run the routes, get low on his breaks. Um, out of every receiver um, on the team that I'm most excited about right now, I would, I would probably say Curtis Samuel um would, would be my pick for that.
2: I tell you, this is that I feel like we could weather injury more on the offensive ball, offensive side of the ball, than we could on the defensive side right now. Yeah, 100%. a
1: hundred percent. Is that I think 100%. that
2: the drop off from our wide receiver ones to twos is manageable. You know, you could stick in a Torrey Smith. You could stick in a Jairus Wright. Those guys have experience that all of a sudden, they can, oh, yeah. yeah. Chris exactly. Chris Hogan, the tallest receiver, up oh, second tallest, good to Andre Leveron, who has never played, <laughs> and will and probably will never play. Right. So to me, is that I feel like right now when I look at even if you go to the quarterback situation now with the add addition of Will Greer, to me the side is the unknowns remain are now completely on the defensive side of the ball. Can the transition to that system? Pan out, and then boy, there is not a lot of depth when it comes to that backfield, or even straight up the middle. A little precarious situation for the defense. We'll be watching that closely, Cody.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of the things where I feel like it flip flops every year. Uh, one year we have you know decent depth on defense, and then next year it's the offense. Um, I mean, listen, you know. Uh, you you're never going to be able to have quality depth at every single position with a fifty-three man roster, it's just not
2: possible. I am worried about our um, secondary Ross Cockrell yeah, me too. if Ross Cockrell is good, then I'll feel better. But, but, but I, I feel like, like we, do is that. that what no, what I'm saying is this is that what I we we need him to be good and not and and only find out if someone gets hurt to me like i'm just saying this is right now we have questions at the safety position i'm okay with those questions but even if golden works out everybody works out perfectly the i don't know how we deal with an injury and there will be an injury in every position group there's always an injury
1: yeah it's it's the nature of football everyone's playing hurt
2: I, that's so, the concern right there. Linebackers drop off, cornerbacks drop off. I think we'd we'll be okay on the defensive line. To me there is a I don't know right now just on paper at this moment, Cody, not the tremendous amount of either depth or experience there.
1: Um listen, uh you know uh, around this time last year, uh and, well even later than this time last year, you and I were pounding the table for us to sign Eric Reed, and uh, we didn't think that it would happen. And then, sure enough, around week three, it did happen. Um, and so, I don't want to say that we're not going to, uh, although maybe I should say that we're not going to do it because that will cause us to actually go out and do it. But I just feel like, um, you know, uh, Eric Berry is still out there. They're going to sign. Um, I know a- it-
2: they're signing Kirk Coleman, dude. That's a they'll sign. Uh,
1: Trey Boston seems the more likely of them. Um, But, yeah, I mean... uh, Kurt Coleman's probably
2: in New York. It doesn't matter. He's probably with a Giant by this point.
1: Maybe so. Um, so. I I, I think it's probably... um, Especially if they don't feel confident about the other safety position, um, you know, uh, sometime by mid-preseason... I think you're definitely going to see us go out and sign a safety. I feel that the depth of that position is that bad that uh, it, it warrants us to go out and try and find someone to fill that hole. Yeah. But, yeah, we do have some holes we'll on Bring defense. back
2: Mike Adams halfway through the season. All right, so, look, let's go ahead and plow on through the show. We're almost done. We've done, ultimately, that's the roster, folks. We've got more. We'll go in-depth even more so as we get closer there and more moves continue. Oh, the very perfunctory assessment there, early assessment of where the Panthers are looking like in roster. Some of the strengths and weaknesses, and how they flip-flop from last year to this season, All right, so what we're going to do is first, I need to go ahead and plead to you guys. If you're watching, smash the damn thumbs up button. Come on. Smash the thumbs up button and give us a like. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, on Periscope, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcast, go ahead and give us a like, rating. Leave us a message. Follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And the way to be a part of the show is to call into the cat calls line. The number is 252 228 5098. That's 252 228 5098. You can leave a message anytime, any day. Get your voice heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. We only got one call tonight so far, Cody. So let me see. I thought I had it loaded up. Let me see. Hold on. Cody, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter while i pull it up.
1: <laughs> At Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, yeah, man. And how about this, man? The Hornets, they got the 12th pick in the draft tonight, man. Are the yeah. Hornets not not the definition of purgatory? Like, it's not heaven They're or awful. hell. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're yeah, right. It, it's purgatory. It's,
1: it's, it's always like this middle of the pack. Kimball Walker is leaving, man. I don't know. Don't good even get him. me started. All right,
2: no. here's the cat calls. 252-228-1598. So what are
0: your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty s***. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels a good, like... And a three and a four and a- Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his Boys, it's Cody or CK up here in Roanoke, VA. CK, okay, what's up, man? Just uh, calling in, put my two cents in about something. Uh, just read Cody's tweet about all or nothing. I'm not even kidding you, Cody. I was thinking about that uh, statement you made uh, in the middle of the season about your inside man telling you about some secretive shit going on down He's there. Our
2: He's our angel.
0: So, uh, I was literally thinking about that last week. I'm like, huh, guess nothing came of that. But, yeah.
2: Cody that you are hey, right. Uh, anyway, uh, I wanted it. to offer my kudos to you
0: and uh, Thank you, say uh, great reporting. Maybe we can get you in the locker room next year. Who knows?
1: All right. Hey,
2: man. Talk to you later hey man all right. let's do it way to go Cody compliments to you there that's the cat calls for tonight easy peasy we're going to get out of here lemon squeezy Cody we've talked about um, all or nothing you being a Nostradamus Nostradamus damas. Um, yeah. we've talked about uh, many camps talking about the roster happy birthday to Cam Newton any other things that we may have missed here um I don't think so unless the chat has something that they want us to uh to,
1: to cover or go into detail alright well, um, then
2: that's it yeah. let's call it we we're, we're 10 minutes uh we're hour and 15 minutes. let's get these ice up picks in and let's do it and uh get the show done with in record time in some ways Cody, who do you got for an ice up pick this week?
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't have any videos to go along with it but uh, a woman by the name of Alyssa Milano was (laughs) calling for for a sex strike which you know she made the point that it has been done in the past Cam Um, Newton did it
2: in February
1: Cam Newton did it in February and that's the only example you need or Um,
2: March maybe March it was March
1: And the the interesting thing about it, though, is um, this was uh, it was apparently in opposition to Georgia uh, abortion laws or whatever. But my thing is, if you're telling people to not have sex, then that means all the people that hold the exact opposite ideas from you are the only ones making babies and furthering those ideas that you disagree with. So. How does that benefit your cause at all? I don't know, man. And then a lot of people really just jumped on her, uh, just jumped on her case about, you know, uh, women a sex too. It's not just for men, all this different crap. And it just blew up in her face, man. Um, it's has been a, a lightning rod on a lot of different issues. So, um, she makes a fool out of herself. So, um, yeah, th- I would have to say, man, uh, this Tuesday night, I'm going to have to ask Alyssa Milano to ice up, son. Yeah, yeah ice yeah, cold.
2: She's already ice cold, obviously. She's already ice cold if she's calling for no sex. She already got yeah. ice. She's an ice queen. No, uh, I was going to say something. I saw that tweet, Cody, <laughs> and I wanted to respond to it during the week, but I was like, I'm not going to get the Cat Chronicles Carolina, the C3 podcast involved in the political mess that's gonna fall out. But I did want to just say this from the Catholic Catholic perspective, that's exactly what the Catholic Church asks you to do. Instead After. of having abortions and extra babies, yeah. abstain. That is the that is what the Catholic Church, and I'm Catholic, they try to teach you this no contraceptive, the rhythm method this and that so Alyssa milano welcome to the catholic church you gotta just all of a sudden become pro-life to the extreme that you are the extreme of you all right uh, ice up to you my two, ice up pick two, this two, week
1: two, one says she looks too good not to give it up
2: oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course i
1: don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I haven't seen a picture ever in a long time. Apparently, she used to be hot as hell. But um, oh, yeah, I don't big know.
2: time, big time. All right, my ice up pick this week goes to the Carolina Hurricanes, who lost by a bazillion goals on Sunday. They're losing now two one. All the hype, the excitement down. Lost two straight to the Bruins at home. The Bruins are owning you guys. There was so much momentum. Let's be a bunch of jerks and come back and win this game in the third quarter if you don't ice up. All right, Cody. My name's Tony Dunn. They can follow me at Cat underscore Chronicles. Cody, where can they get you on Twitter?
1: At C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, yeah, it, it's the off season, so there's not a lot going on on Draft Tech. My Twitter account is basically anything goes, so follow at your own peril. But if ever you want to talk to me or ask me questions or whatever, just uh, you know shoot the shit you can absolutely do so uh, if you want to come on the show with us and you want to run it by maybe absolutely go ahead and do that my twitter is free for anyone to contact me and hit me up at c-o-d-y-l-a-c that's me baby
2: alright it's another Tuesday night it's another C3 Panthers podcast and we'll catch you back next week and until then keep pounding
0: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile